Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Transfer Window, the podcast that gives you an insight into the deviant and the deplorable underbelly of football. But don't get any funny ideas, because that's just the journalists. Who, me? No, I'm Henry McRae, but I'm talking, of course, about Transfer Window regular and first name on the team sheet, Ian McGarry, who is joined by our continental Bobby Dazzler, who only shows up once a month, but always plays a blinder, live from Barcelona, Bumper Graham Hunter. Coming up, we'll be looking at the out-of-form Antoine Griezmann and whether his future lies in La Liga with a possible move to Barcelona or whether Josie Mourinho will swallow his pride and make a second attempt to bring him to Manchester United. Another player always linked with a move to Old Trafford is Gareth Bale, who has always maintained he's happy at Real Madrid, but is now the right time to move on from the Bernabeu. And where is the perfect destination for the Welsh superstar? But first... Just weeks on from his world record move to Paris Saint-Germain, we see a great faced Neymar acting up and looking like he's trying to force a move out of the French capital. So Graham, is Neymar just acting like a stroppy teenager or is he so childish he's actually gone and thrown his rattle out of the pram? What can you tell us about what's going on? Well, you've made it sound funny, haven't you, with your rattle out of the pram thing, which is innovative and new. It's a good use of language, H. Um, the two things to say is that it's, it's a pretty pathetic spectacle. Uh, you force your way out um, of Football Club Barcelona, a place where you're wanted, where your contract is good, where they've tried to um, double your, your buyout clause. You refuse that. It looks like a strategy unless you're just, Dad, Dad, I want to I go out. I want to... Dad, and Dad gets involved. Pini Zahabi gets involved. Um... You know, it's an Ocean's Eleven exercise. It's looking really groovy. It's the world's biggest transfer fee. It kind of makes it look as if you know what you're doing. And some of us say immature. Some of us say um, a very big uh, and brave choice for a guy who's not yet very big and brave in his in his sort of private life um, as a as a man or as a footballer. Um, some of us, including me, um, speculate that um, he might look back in Angers um, a couple of weeks in the League One where it's colder, where the pitches aren't as good, where the world focus isn't as high, where the PSG project looks pretty sexy. But um, a guy like Neymar <laughs> repenting is not a surprise. The fact that he breaks down in tears when his uh, national team coach admits that he's having a bit of a tough time in Paris I think it's the part that makes it look pathetic. Not because you can't have sympathy for footballers who are millionaires and treat them as people that aren't human beings with the same emotions or, or dreams as, as we do. But this was, you know, this was something that could have been 
seen coming by anybody who cares around about him, anybody who cares more about him than you know ten or twenty or thirty million pound commissions for making the deal happen. The counsel you give to a guy like that is Paris is different, League One is different. Guess what? There won't be there won't be Suarez and Messi. Guess what? There might be jealousy. What well, there might be rules the pitches won't be as good the climate won't be as good you're going to find the language difficult it's not going to be a comfortable ride for you are you ready well yeah let's do it why not i'm a brazilian everything you know can change my mind in six weeks or six months it's pathetic and that that word applies as much to the people around neymar as the footballer himself if if it isn't going well if it's tough uh work for it this could be the making of him because if he wakes up and, and realises that this is his career right here, not not even next summer with Brazil, the World Cup, it's about what your daily work. That's what makes you great, truly great. And right now, Neymar, for all his skills, um, for all his marketability, hasn't achieved that. And the spectacle is, is embarrassing. And it's all over the front pages here before I hand over Ian um, H. It's... It, the, the the speculation that he was he was already having doubts during the the process of moving from Barcelona to Paris Saint Germain is all over the front page of the papers here about that he was trying to pull back from the move while it was taking place. I, I can't confirm that story, but a credible writer has gone with it today. And more the, the stories and and these are fact based because we know that Real Madrid had Neymar on trial. Real Madrid under Florentino Perez once Neymar had grown up by. Two three years after having been there on trial, they tried to buy him, and, and Florentino Perez thought he was wrapped up and was going to play for Los Blancos. <laughs> that they would want him now if he's on the move. Fine, these are these are good stories because if he's on the move, they will want him. But there's no buyout clause. There's no appetite from Neymar and his people to go there. But these are the issues that are dominating the the, the Spanish football papers and television and radio right now as we're speaking. It, our point of view, I think, is rather more robust than it, no, Ian. I think the issue, Graham, it, it, right now for Neymar is one that you've already um, articulated, and that is um, he's got himself into this situation where he's playing at a club where he clearly has at least some regrets, if not many regrets, about um, making the move. Uh, I've heard um, from very so, uh, good sources at PSG that he is, his behaviour, both on and off the pitch on a day-to-day basis in Paris, is poor. He trains badly. He uh, appears to treat games in Liga as practice matches, uh, ones in fact which he can miss if he wants because PSG is so um, knee-deep in talent that even without him they can probably win even relatively difficult fixtures. Um, one of the most uh, concerning things I've heard and I've been told by, by more than one person is that um, Neymar's mentality is such in Paris that uh, he finds it more important personally to humiliate an opponent than to, and by that I mean nutmeg, you know, rainbow flick over the top of a, a, an opponent or beat an opponent once and beat him again, than he does beating the opponent and then affecting the match positively for his team. Now, when a player starts playing for himself and for his own selfish motivations, then not only is that a very, very bad sign for the player personally in terms of his mentality, etc. It's a very bad sign for the team because you've got 10 other players out on that picture depending on you to play as part of a unit in See, order. This, this jigsaws, Ian, because, I mean, the point you're making about his performance in, in, in Paris, jigsaw fits with 
what dogged him in La Liga and where I was um, not on the defensive for him because I, I don't have a gigantic regard for what he's achieved yet. But in terms of in Spain, people used those expressions about him. But what you saw was that predominantly these tricks, these extravagant moments were used to better the team, were used to create space for Messi and, and Suarez. And beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Maybe people would disagree with me and my feelings about the same things as you're describing in his, in his um, whatever it is, 12 competitive games in, in League and Cup where he scored 11 goals for Paris Saint-Germain. But the, the, that part of him will always be up for grabs. Do you buy into the idea that these these extravagant flamboyant moments are are they are they pure liberace or are they to liberate teammates they, 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 that, that question's going to dog him for the rest of his life i think I, I, yes i agree he is that kind of player um i'd say as well though that his constant dissent um against Unai emery the psg coach is both disrespectful and unhelpful um to the rest of the team okay you might not agree with the coach's methods his training or whatever but yeah. What seems to be the case uh, with Emery and Neymar is that Neymar believes he's bigger than the coach and that if he says things should change, then things should change. That, to me, again, is elemental in this sort of man-child type mentality that he appears to um, exhibit at all times where um, he's very much the man on the pitch. And by that, I mean the main man, but very much um, a very mature personality of the pitch. He has chosen at not uh, convenient nor uh, times when it suited Paris Saint-Germain to go off on personal uh, um, branding missions. He's chosen to go out with celebrities and do this and do that. Again, partly because he feels like, well, do you know what? If I turn up on the pitch, that's all I'm required to do. And as I said, when you've got 10 teammates on the pitch with you, that causes unrest among them, as we've seen, obviously, with the expats, with Cavani. Um, and it does question you know, your motivation and your commitment to the future of Paris Saint-Germain. Now, I'd, I'd say one last thing on this. Um, I watched Ronaldinho speak this week um, in London um, at a charity launch, and he was chatting about playing in the Premier League and how any player would want to play in the Premier League because it's so competitive and how important that was to him as a player. Now, PSG was not the force then as it is now, but remember, Ronaldinho went from PSG to Barcelona and proved himself as one of the world's greats when he went to Barcelona, Neymar failed to prove himself as one of the world's greats at Barcelona in his time there and moved to PSG. What does that tell you about the person? I, I tell you, there's, there's something you've raised that's important because it's it's evident from players' attitudes and some of the things they've said at Paris Saint-Germain that he hasn't yet won the affection of uh, those other than the Brazilian clan. Obviously, we're delighted to, to welcome him, knew him already. And I think, it's, particularly if you pinpoint Danny Alves, who's whose attitudes and whose point of view I trust about 99% from hard experience. But beyond that, he's, you know, he has caused jealousy because of the rules that don't apply to him, the privileges he's been given. And some of those players will just have to suck that up because when you get transferred for, you know, over 220 million euros, things are different. You know, it, it, the rule book does get torn up a little bit and it's how to manage that. It's how to put that all together. That's part of the problem. But I'll say that, He's missed here by some of the players, not all the players. But when he left Barcelona, there was um, a loss of charisma. There was a there was a feeling from about sixty percent of the group that 
they'd lost somebody who mattered to them. And when he comes back, he's welcome. Then it, it's been obviously noted how often he's been back twice, um, but very publicly back um, to to party with uh, you know the kids of. Danny Alves and Messi and PK and Rakitic at, at um, what was it, just a kid's birthday party, and then back to the training ground for a visit, which all tie in with the I wish I hadn't left. And, and you mentioned a name that's really important in this story, which is Unai Emery. Emery's need for discipline, for rigour, for order on a daily basis and in his football schemes means that this is, you know, Walter Matter, Jack Lemon situation. They are the odd couple. And given that Neymar leaving seems an extraordinary concept. There's no buyout clause, so the story's about Real Madrid. Sorry, sorry you, just then you, you don't get him easily. Sorry, but the the there are reports this morning, and you can maybe clarify because you know you're there. But in reports from a Spanish media outlet, El Chingarito, is that? I'm, I'm not sure. Do you you Ch- can tell us? Ch- Chiringuito. Okay, so they're saying that there is. Uh, 198 million uh, release clause to uh, pounds. That is to to match the fee that PSG paid. Um, can uh, is there any credibility to that? Is there any credibility to Chiringuito? The Chiringuito is a beach bar, and it's the name of a program which lives on controversy and hostility and finger jabbing and 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 shouting. So um, they'd be very good at covering the old firm uh, and causing outrage. Um, as Jimmy Sanderson would have said, they haven't always been at the match. Um, I, I, as far as I understand, there's no buyout clause that PSG did not accept the buyout clause. Therefore, that's my stance. Um, the idea of him being on the market is almost impossible for me to understand because Paris Saint-Germain's owners losing face, losing that credibility and pointing a way for other stars to treat them like a bauble is not what this is all about. Things may or may not go well in a sporting and in a marketing and a dignity sense with this marriage of Paris Saint-Germain and Neymar. It, it, it's clearly early. It can clearly still go right. That that has to be established. But if it goes badly, it, it isn't simply the loss of his um, attractive skills or can they win the Champions League. It's how everybody else begins to treat them because clearly, even with extraordinary salaries, it is not easy and will remain difficult to get, to attract elite stars to go and play for Paris Saint-Germain. And the most likely scenario for me is that um, either by explicit demand of Neymar or by a process of deduction from the owners, they will capitalise on their primary asset, which is Neymar, and get rid of their secondary asset, which is the coach. I think probably whether he does or doesn't win the Champions League, at which point there'll be <laughs> you know, a vacuum which needs filling. People will talk about Mourinho and it's clear that he's playing... Is is you know tiny violin about how tough my life is with the signings not coming in at much tonight today doesn't love me and all that pitch that he comes out with, but um, is it a, is it a, is Paris Saint Germain simply being used by him as a little lever because he's committed to staying at Manchester United or would Mourinho take Paris Saint Germain if it was available next summer? I suspect that the latter is the case that in the right circumstances he would take it that he views it as a modern version of Porto where with his skills, those skills he definitely possesses, they could become a Champions League winning side without question. Which then leaves us with the question of Neymar and Mourinho. Ah, yes, a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, I don't see that one working out somehow. <laughs> uh, and you know what, Graham, it's, it's what you said. Like, I see this playing out that 
that Emery will be the casualty uh, and not Neymar because the people who run PSG will refuse to lose face over such a incredible transfer coup, probably the most incredible one in the history of football uh, to date. However, that very fact to date just makes me wonder, the one club who always, always come back, you know, they are Arnie Schwarzenegger, the Terminator. <laughs> Real Madrid are that club. They don't like to be the club who do not hold the transfer record. They do mm-hmm. not like to be the club who don't possess the best player in the world. I just wonder if things got so bad for Neymar at PSG, or indeed, as you've just pointed out, <clears throat> the possibility of Mourinho, who would be his antichrist uh, as a manager uh, coming in, would give... Uh, PSG and let's face it, Mourinho will not go to PSG uh, unless he is given the guarantee that he is the man in charge, not Neymar. And if Neymar then is relegated to second in command, he will then say, "Well, I'm off then." And I'd say the most likely uh, club to come up with the 200 million, 250 million euros, whatever it takes, would be uh, Arne Perez at Real Madrid because he does not like to be outdone. There you go, Henry. There's a long-distance forecast for you. Well, obviously, um, his former employers might be a, an alternative. Is that a, even a, a like a remote scenario, Graham, or could we rule that out? I, I think in, in, in such a, such a bizarre situation with such an extraordinary football talent, which to say impossible would just be naive. Do they have the money? Um, have many around the club come out and said, we're quite relieved that we don't have that burden of his um, fledgling maturity to cope with anymore. Has Jordi Alba come out and said, um, I'm playing better because although I like Neymar and, and he hasn't in any way dug him out as a person, you know, I'm far more valid to the team with that in blocking the, the left wing and he's, he's scoring and making in a way that isn't really leaving Neymar being... Um, being missed that much. If Messi had his, Messi who hasn't re signed his contract, pardon me, hasn't signed his renewed contract yet. Um, Messi had the vote, Pff, yeah. And if he signs that new contract, he'll probably have the money to buy anymore. But so deeply unlikely, deeply unlikely because second times aren't particularly prodigious. Um, the money I don't think is there. H, I just can't see how they generate that cash because they've they've used it. They've got a 560 million stadium project, which is already a year delayed because they don't have the money. Um, stadium renovation project, they, they need to sell uh, to cut the wage bill. They need to sell to be able to buy. Um, things aren't threadbare, but they are right now undoubtedly short across the squad. So very, very hard to understand that working. They're obviously getting linked with uh, another uh, player in Spain uh, at the moment, Uh Antoine Griezmann, so what's your insight into how that's likely to play out? Yeah, Griezmann's, you know, patently playing for his club as if he wished that he hadn't stayed. I think that's understandable in that his behaviour has been the opposite of Neymar's. Uh, the offer for him to leave and, and join Manchester United was not only there, but it was profitable for Atletico Madrid. Difficult for Atleti, given that they, until January, couldn't replace him. The the FIFA transfer ban meant that there wouldn't have been any possibility of a like-for-like like, you know, purchase that could play in this first half of the season. So a tough deal, but one that was ready to be made. He was not bullied by um, Simeone or by the board into staying. 
he stood, stood of his own accord. And therefore, you know, I'm very wary of being critical of his lack of form. Just three goals. Um, Atleti are floundering in the league. Um, look very much as if they'll go out of the Champions League. Um, it, it's not done yet, but uh, they're relying on Karabeg uh, to do a, a big favour to them, either versus Chelsea or Roma. Um, the latter looking even less likely than, than Chelsea. However, Griezmann's um, move to Barcelona is being trumpeted everywhere on what I think is relatively small evidence. Um, there is a desire for Barcelona to have uh, an out-and-out third forward that is not De La Feo or Denis Suarez. And while money remains tight at the camp now, um, the price for Griezmann has gone down. The likelihood of him staying beyond the summer, I think, has also diminished dramatically. There is even the vague possibility that he could move in this winter market because, of course, Diego Costa then becomes available to Atleti. He can play and his fitness is is a thing of marvel. Working under Professor Ortega, um, the legendary, <laughs> brutally hard-working physical coach at Atleti means that Costa is ready. Pairing Costa and Griezmann is the master plan. I think he'll stay into the summer, at which point I think he leaves. And there is no doubt that Barcelona are in the market. And by then, they could have generated the money. Um, good fit with Messi and Suarez. Yeah, you could see it, couldn't you? Definitely could, and you know, I think the Trident has lacked um, its its spike since uh, obviously Neymar moved. Uh, I do think Griezmann will have options. Um, the fact that he turned down Manchester United is significant, given that Manchester United was very much there on a plate for him. Um, whether that would be the case again uh, is a, a matter for Jose Mourinho's ego. Uh, probably. Um, Mourinho did not take well uh, to the fact that having courted Griezmann for the best part of a year, having convinced him exactly where he would play, where he'd fit into the system at Manchester United, how effectively a team would almost almost be built around him um, to make Manchester United a, a formidable attacking force. Then, at the very last minute, having read up, led up all the way through the Garden Gate into the, uh, the threshold, for Griezmann to call Mourinho personally and say thanks but no thank you, um, I think we all know how Jose Mourinho accepts those kinds of rebukes. Now, I guess the question is, can Mourinho um, stomach uh, sort of effectively letting that as a, a bygone be a bygone and for the good of Manchester United and for, for him as a manager, um, bid for Griezmann again and take him to Old Trafford next summer? Um, my personal opinion would be that would be very difficult for Mourinho to do, but there are very few players as talented as Griezmann in his position in world football. I think I think you're painting a far more attractive um, proposition, Ian. Personally, if you look at the relationship between Griezmann and Pogba, that won't move the deal on its own. But we all, all three of us know that elite footballers, when they have the choice and the the money is you know largely the same wherever the the three four top clubs that want you um, are. When you can garnish the cake by saying, not only is he as close as he is as in, in friendship terms to Pogba, but they're going to be playing in you know in a linear way together, and to either side of him, he looks at you know footballers of of exceptional quality, um, for example, at Martial, with whom he can form a brilliant partnership um, internationally. These these kind of things help tip the balance. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, 
And he's a very ambitious footballer with great intelligence who works very hard at his game. And I can see for a guy like him, the attraction of England being very, very high rather than staying in La Liga. To me, you've painted a... It, it, You've established that it's there's going to be a competitive market for Barcelona. Not to think we've just got him wrapped up, not to be complacent. And and frankly, I think Manchester United could also bid um, football club Barcelona and Griezmann. I think the other thing is that Manchester United. Well, I know for a fact that Manchester United um, offered him the quotes unquote Pogba contract, which is currently the highest earning at Manchester United, and we would see him earn in excess of three hundred thousand pounds per week gross. Now that's going to be probably more than he's offered in the Liga. Maybe Barcelona could match it and there could be tax breaks. I'm not sure. However, what Manchester United would offer for sure is that he would have top billing because Lukaku's not going to be um, as high profile as Griezmann. Pogba, who you mentioned, is not going to be as high profile as Griezmann. He will be the sort of superstar player who I think Manchester United have lacked in these last four or five years. Mm. Certainly since Cristiano Ronaldo left, uh, in 2009, United, who have been a club which have been renowned for having some of the best players, individuals in the world, in their team, have not had that kind of player since the departure of Cristiano Ronaldo. And Griezmann is very much that kind of player. He could make his name, he could make his legend in England and with Manchester United. And I do think that that would be a very attractive prospect for him ahead of going to Barcelona, competing with Suarez and Messi for the, uh, the the top billing and for the for the uh, being the main man, whereas he definitely the main man at Manchester United. So, and again, the wages and you said Graham teaming up with Martial, Pogba, very attractive uh, in terms of his and even Mourinho, even Mourinho could sell it out as well. The boy wanted to come because he's got international teammates here, and of course he's playing for the best coach in the world. Hmm. I buy that. He's um he's an obvious candidate to replace as a, as a target for PSG. If if Neymar is to move on, then surely PSG would be keen to get Griezmann there. Yeah, I, I'd buy that a thousand percent um, with, with the, just a single point that I, I still find it hard to understand that circumstances conspire to allow Paris Saint-Germain to, to cash in on the mistake and, and move Neymar on by the summer. Uh, it's also something that... <laughs> I know we spent the last 15 minutes being pretty brutally frank about the quality of decision-making around Neymar and the degree of maturity that he's got. But surely each of them around him must be seeing that being involved in a big move during that summer when he, in theory, is supposed to be leading what looks like right now, albeit I think there are you know candidates that include Spain um, and Germany for absolute sure um, to win the World Cup. There's no reason not to say that Brazil are number one favourites. I think they are, and if Neymar sees that as his holy grail, as his legacy, particularly after the atrocious way um, that the last World Cup finished for them with him absent and being beaten seven up by Germany, getting engaged in moving out of Paris Saint Germain in next spring, so that next summer he's he's coming back to a different. I just, you know, as mad as his story is, as mad as football is, Henry, I don't see that happening. I also and, therefore think, the, and therefore less of a gap for Griezmann. I also think as well, Henry, that um, you have a situation with um, French players where they, um, when they move, when they're very good, as Griezmann is, uh, after, if they're at the peak of their career, they do not move back to France. PSG have somewhat changed that dynamic, potentially, but not realistically. And if you look historically, 
um, at France's top players, and especially those ones, the legends of the uh, of the World Cup European Championship winning side, who most of them are at Arsenal. You've got Zidane at Real Madrid and Juventus. Uh, a player like Griezmann, I don't think sees his ambition as going back to play in Ligue 1 every other week. Plus, he's, a, Le- he's a Leon. He's a Leon supporter. Henry. He's a Leon so supporter on. as well. Exactly. Get, get with the program. Come on. I, absolutely. But again, if you look at it from from any player's <laughs> point of view, go to PSG, Graham. It's 13 games to the Champions League final. Yeah? Are you seriously going to go yeah. and play for a club where 13 games is your season? Because really, realistically, that's what it is at PSG. And Griezmann's more than that. And, and you know what? Neymar's more than that. And he just realised it. OK, well, there is, of course, another Madrid-based player who is regularly linked with a move to Old Trafford. That's uh, Gareth Bale, of course. Um, he, since he went to Madrid, he has you know, maintained consistently that he's happy there. Um, there's no desire to leave. But, Graham, you now have some thoughts on whether this might be the right time for him to move on from the Bernabeu. The harsh fact is that right now um, the quality of sports journalism around Bale in in this country is is very low. Um, you mean Spain, the, here, Graham? Let, let's just yeah. I mean Spain okay. because the 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 general feeling from particularly columnists, whether they be radio, television, or print, is that if they can undermine Bale and continually, weekly nudge him towards the door. Um, paint him as being made of crystal, paint him as being too expensive for what he gives back to the team, paint him as somebody whose time has come and gone. Their idea is that they'll be garnering favour with Florentino Perez, that they'll be helping nudge Bale towards a conclusion and that they'll be doing the club's dirty work for them. That is um, brutal in my point of view, because there's no contesting the fact that Madrid are not getting sufficient game time from a major asset in which they, in whom they've invested a 100 million euro buying um, project, never mind what they're paying him in terms of wages. But beyond that, he's been improperly looked after. He's at a club right now where the football training is very, very good because the football training has liberated the great talents at the club, has convinced them, has led them to winning a trophy every three months in Zinedine Zidane's 21-month reign, which ain't a bad record. Bale has contributed hugely, not only um, to that, but to trophies won prior to Zidane taking over. And across the board, historically will remember him as somebody who's been crucial in one of the great phases of Real Madrid's entire footballing history. Could it and should it have been far better? Yes, but right now, the training methods, which have been so good in a football sense, have have led to a spate of injuries because they, they train in such a way which is purely about um, technique, about the group, about mood, rather than... And, and the robust players will cope with that. But what we've seen is a spate of injuries to Benzema, for example, Keylor Navas, um, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Bale, Marcelo, uh, Kovacic, and, and the majority of their repeated injuries over the last eight, nine, ten months have been muscular. Uh, and the type of muscular ones that look preventable because they keep, they're, they're usually not grave, but they keep reoccurring. Now, that's, 
that's something that needs to be fine-tuned and changed. And and the more robust players will cope with that better. And that's not bail. But you, you rather than saying, which is the tone here right now, gosh, we wish Bale was different or we wish that he wasn't a high-maintenance athlete. Well, he is. And the period in which he was playing at the beginning of the season, um, his contribution was exceptional. Anybody that doesn't understand that simply needs to go back and look at the way in which he destroyed um, Borussia Dortmund, the way in which he destroyed Real Sociedad, the way in which he destroyed Deportivo La Coruña, the way in which every goal in the Champions League win against Apoel was down to him. His season had begun to look as if it would be blue-ribboned. And, and the right way to say goodbye. As we stand now, I think his um, awareness is not that it's time to leave at the end of the season. It's not simply based on frustration, but a knowledge that, for example, a player like, say, Arjun Robin, let's take that as the case study, who was at least as prone to repetitive minor injuries as Bale is, and who was uh, painted with the same pretty sinister brush about is it really is he brave enough is it is it probably his fault well that, that's tosh a Bayern Munich with the right program of stretching with the right program of uh, training discipline with the right um, rehab people around him Robin has played the best football of his career the most successful football of his career and has become a Bayern Munich legend that that opportunity is open to bail should should either the situation change dramatically at Robin or should the right club be available to him, the right club with the right structure and the right project for him become available? And I think that's what will happen next summer. I, I agree with um, with that prognosis, if you forgive the medical um, terminology. Um, I do believe that, uh, and we've spoken about this frequently, Henry, on, on the Transfer Window podcast about small margins making a difference. And um, with Bale, I'm reminded slightly, uh, it's not uh, a like-for-like case, but uh, Ryan Giggs experienced some um, incremental and and very uh, periodical hamstring problems um, when he was first broken into the Manchester United team. And then a, a genius physio came along and noticed that he was driving a very low uh, car, a Ferrari, as I remember, 525, I think it was. And uh, in fact, the clutch uh, action was causing his hamstring to become far too uh, elongated. Um, Henry, can uh, you whistle the Top Gear music in the back uh, of this? Exactly. This is if, good. If, if you can, if you can. And, Ge- Jeremy, Jeremy Garbleson. Very and, good. And, and, and so Giggs was told, That's not whistling, that's more Cleo Lane. I can scratch sing it if you like. I take it back. The story was better without the music. The story was better the music. Okay. But uh, but anyway, summarily, Giggs was told to change his car. He did. The hamstring problems cleared up, <clears throat> and he became a regular in the Manchester United team. And lo and behold, is currently the and unlikely to be surpassed the record appearance hmm. maker in English football top flight history. Now, I'm not saying that Bale's problem is as simple as changing his car, but changing his club might be the uh, solution to his medical problems. Uh, in terms of the way we able to train or not, um, I think um, Zidane's uh, methods, um, his personality, certainly the team's performances have come under incredible scrutiny in, uh, since the start of the season, and certainly on the back of uh, the remarkable double-winning season of last year in Champions League and Liga. Um, I wonder, 
Graham, if it's a race between Bale and, and, and Zidane to see who goes first. I know Zidane's position yeah. is, 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 is a little bit more solidified in the last couple of weeks than it was. Um, however, <clears throat> I just I, what, what I was going to just throw into the mix here is that I know for a fact there's been a conversation had, <clears throat> a, a casual conversation, the kind of friendly conversation that happens <clears throat> excuse me, in the football world a lot. But it, that conversation was with Mercy Pochettino, and it was, if you went to Real Madrid, what would you change and what would you need? And one of the things that was said in reply was, I would need a fully committed, fit Gareth Bale playing for Real Madrid uh, for me the way he played for me at Tottenham. Um, now, if Zidane's position does deteriorate or gets worse and... Real choose to change their coach. Is it the case that Bale might stay because yeah, the incoming coach would do better for him? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I have a hard time thinking that that conversation was taking place with Florentino Perez because Zidane's um, lifespan at Real Madrid could be dictated by Florentino, but it's more likely to be dictated by Zidane himself because they are umbilically linked far over and beyond the on-pitch performance. Uh, last season constituted their, their, the best performance in their entire history. Um, credit does run out quickly at the Bernabeu. I'll definitely concede that. But, number one, the problems that they face right now are almost exclusively beyond Zidane's control. I, he's not under threat. He's not even under question. Um, it wasn't his problem, his fault that Cristiano Ronaldo pushed the referee over in the Super Cup and then disappeared for weeks and weeks and weeks. It, it, it's not his problem that the injuries keep, although he, his assistants need to learn to train athletes for the type of explosive fitness that, that they need to display in the pitch. There needs to be a correlation between the physical preparation and the physical aspect of training and what's going to be expected of, of the players at, at this sort of brutal part of the season when from now to March, it's pretty much a slog with no breaks, no international football. And that is a key problem. But that is the, the, that is the fittest team. And that's something Zidane must calibrate. But he's going to, He's going to be there as we stand. One, the team will, will perform again. And that's why this weekend, uh, where Griezmann's going to be playing, where the Madrid derby takes place, is absolutely vital. Because if if a scenario arrives where Barcelona early in the afternoon on Saturday win at Leganes in Madrid and then Atleti somehow uh, win their home match against Real Madrid and Real Madrid then go 11 points behind Football Club Barcelona, then that's title over. At eight points behind, it is not title over. And I genuinely believe that we are going to see a recuperated Real Madrid once they have Nacho back from his heart problem, Kehler back in goals, Benzema and Ronaldo scoring goals, Bale back as, as the third striker. This is this is going to happen. And Pochettino will coach Madrid. That I, I it's at it's some point his, he will do. I agree. It's his yeah. goal, it's his objective. He's the right guy. Um, he's got a brilliant side bet in that he consistently speaks out about how much he dislikes Barcelona, football club Barcelona, and Pep Guardiola, which makes him ultra attractive to Florentino Perez. There's no better way to flutter your eyelids at the wee man than that. But it ain't going to happen uh, promptly, and Gareth Bale's solution is to find the club, not, which can not only afford to buy him and pay him the right wages, but whose fitness 
um, department understand that they are not simply preparing a footballer for a 10-month battle, but they're they're effectively preparing an Olympic athlete for a 10-month battle. And once that, once that, in terms of the preparation, the rehab, the habits that they force on him, whether it's your point about Ferrari, I know was, was specific, but generically, we all know that, I mean, what did Wenger start doing with hamstring injuries, telling his players to have their, their what do you call their, their wisdom teeth extracted, blah, blah, blah. There, mm, yeah, there yeah. are a million techniques that people say, listen, we can, we can get to the bottom of your your particular problems, but that's not being done well enough at Real Madrid. Bale's patience, I think, will have run out, is running out, and will have run out by the summer. And it's then finding the right club that says, we know exactly how to make you the all-out athlete and dominant footballer that you were and can be again. That's That, to me, is the key. Well, it might not be a, sh- a Ferrari, but Manchester United are sponsored by Chevrolet, of course. Um, are we likely to see United come in for Bale, do you think, in the next two windows? I think Bale has been a long-term um, project of Jose Mourinho's, that's for sure. I think Bale at his optimum best is, you know, and I hate the term, but it, for Bale it probably applies as unplayable. Um, his, his physical strength, his pace, his ability to get past, and then even from the most ridiculous position or angle, still cross a very good quality ball in the middle is something which English football in particular thrives on. Um, I don't see him going anywhere else but England should he leave Spain. I think Manchester United would be the most likely destination, but I think they would definitely have um, competition from Chelsea, who themselves are looking at the impending departure in the next year, two years of Aiden Hazard, uh, who wants to try himself elsewhere, and most likely in the Liga, and also the departure of Antonio Conte, which we all anticipate will happen either end of the season or before, which again will catalyse a, a difference both in the coach who comes in and also a turnover of players. Bale is someone who Roman Abramovich certainly he values and would like to see in his team because he has that superstar quality, uh, which again Chelsea, like United, certainly lack a little bit of. So... I don't think there's been a lack of suitors, Henry, in terms of Gareth Bale coming back to England. I think it's intriguing uh, what Graham has said regarding the details of what Bale's fitness regime requires in order to make him confident in himself and confident in his body. And who knows? I mean, would this be the first transfer conducted on the basis of which club could provide the better training stroke medical facilities rather than financial gains or prestige values or anything else because I don't know Gareth Bale personally very well. I know one of his teammates um, very well. And to me, he strikes me from that, that second-hand uh, knowledge as being someone who cares very much about playing football on a week-in-week basis, someone who wants to achieve everything he can in the game. I think at 28, if he feels he's not going to get the right treatment, both physically and uh on the, uh, off the field at Real Madrid he will move to a club where he can get that and where he can actually thrive and look back on his career uh, in 10 years time when he retires or so and say yeah I made the right choice in 2018 to make my move OK well that's a decent link into um, this week's attempt at a quick fire round uh, I've got a feeling that without um, our man Duncan here it might actually play out as a quick fire round um, Duncan tends to 
uh, slow things down with his scientific explanations. But uh, anyway, um, itch, itch, itch. Is that not a little bit bitchy now? Oh, I no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm very bitchy. Now that he's not Especially here, to when defend, people oh, okay. aren't here to defend themselves, I mean, I'd never, I'd never do it when you okay. had the right to reply. You've disarmed, you've hey, disarmed me with oh, I mean, listen, I, I absolutely bitch about you when you're not here as well. So. Uh, and to and, and to be bitchy back, whoever actually has to say that's a good link, instead of actually just providing the link, surely that's just the worst of all. Well, uh, I've, I've I've never claimed to be good. I'm just cheap. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're not even cheap. You're free. Yeah, it's true. Um, so let's let's uh, have a look at the players we've discussed, which are uh, Neymar, Griezmann and Bale, and look at the clubs who may or may not uh, decide to throw the hat in the ring for their services. And maybe I can uh, throw a club at you and you can tell me whether you think they'll be interested, whether the player would be interested and how it might uh, end up. So we'll start with... Neymar, and we'll go through some clubs. We'll go to Griezmann, then we'll go to Bale. How does that sound, gentlemen? Get on with it. Huge enthusiasm, for always for the quickfire round. Okay, Neymar. <laughs> um, Real Madrid, Graham? Uh, feasible, but not likely. Manchester City? Feasible and and possible. Barcelona? No chance. Manchester United? <laughs> Had an interest declared. Had an interest declared. Manchester United have to be responsible as far as their club and their image is concerned to be interested in any top player who comes up. So I'd say yes on both counts. If they sign a Brazilian coach. Okay, let's <laughs> yeah. let's uh, let's go on to Griezmann, Graham. Uh, PSG. Nope. Real Madrid. Unlikely. Maybe. Arsenal. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Chelsea. Possible. Maybe. Manchester United. Yes. Definitely up for it. Bayern Munich. Don't see it. Okay, but Gareth Bale, last one. Um, Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Really? Bayern Munich my, is, is my concept. Um, he was offered to them when he was at Spurs by an intermediary. Um, they didn't see it. Um, he was still playing left back at that stage. Um, he's their archetypal player. He... Um, the reason I quoted the Arjun Rob model is that they know how to mould a player who has specialist fitness needs um, he's perfect absolutely perfect for them it's a club where his um, inability or unwillingness to dominate a foreign language um, w- wouldn't count wouldn't matter and um, that's where it, it, it's not breaking news it's not this is what's happening that's what I can see happening and that's what I think is being mulled over uh, now uh, to see what the price will be, whether Bayern Munich can um, afford to d- make that operation happen. Okay. Well, let's I'm not probably, I, I probably don't have time to answer now because he's out Duncan, Duncan there. He's out Duncan, Duncan. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, since we you've taken us to Germany, we might as well stay there, Graham. And you are, uh, when we were discussing what we might discuss, you were flagging up a certain Christian Pulisic. Pulisic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tomato, tomato. Uh, tell us, tell us um, what you're hearing about Borussia Dortmund's uh, young Americano. It's a fantastic footballer can play uh, left wing, right wing, ten or as a false nine. Um, has broken records everywhere um, in terms of his uh, age and performance and goals. American international. Um, 
if anybody wants to read more about his attitude to read the Players' Tribune piece by him about the US national team not qualifying for the World Cup. But the, the fact of it is now that since he was 16 and he got his Croatian passport, he's been at Borussia Dortmund, um, he's torn up trees there. He is an exceptional footballer, right mentality, um, athletically good, reliable, team player. He takes every box. He's going to be a superstar for the next decade. And Dortmund know this, and they've offered him a big new contract. And the key thing that, that makes this um, important right now is that their performance domestically, as well as their performance in the Champions League, where it looks odds-on that they'll go out, um, because of the performance of... Uh, clearly, the, if they go to Madrid and win, that's a different story, but that's uh, game six. Uh, game five could put them out. Um the very big deal for a man like Pulisic is to consider whether continuing for another two, three years of British Dortmund is right for his development at a moment where even though Peter Bosch needs to be given time, um, they're not flourishing. His national team needs him to be playing at a higher level and needs him to be developing because it, it, the, 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 the depth and the pain of the inquest following their non-qualification for the Russian World Cup is, is enormous. And therefore, Unless Dortmund pull their socks up very quickly, the difficulty in him being persuaded by this new contract, given that there there is a queue of clubs, particularly in the Premier League, clamouring to have Christian Pulisic next summer, means that he is a player to watch and who player on, on balance, um, I'd say 60-40, um, is now currently more likely to be in the Premier League next summer than continuing at Borussia Dortmund. But it's down to them to, to change his mind on that. See, there's, I'm going to sort of slight, not disagree with you here, Graham, but um, I know that Pulisic is by far not the same player as Bale. But I think Bayern Munich's interest in Pulisic is, is, is very, very um, significant. I think it's they, true. They, it's they, true. Their, their club have been tracking him for more than 18 yeah. months. I think there's definitely been conversations, as there have been in the past. Uh, You're right. Between, between friendly conversations between Dortmund and Bayern Munich regarding a, a, a player of this type. Um, we've seen these transfers happen uh, time and again between Dortmund and Bayern Munich. And Pulisic himself may well feel like his ambitions in the short to medium term can, can be satisfied by it's moving a, to... It's a, it's a valid point, Ian, but it's a brutal journey. It's a, you look at what happened to Götze, Goetze went to Bayern Munich, um, struggled, um, was ostracised, uh, has come back. Okay, there have been other factors in him failing to to to, to fair, trees Graham, at Dortmund I, I again. Think, it's a big ask to make. That I do, move. but I don't think Pulisic carries as much baggage as Goetze in terms of nope, his background and, and the manner in which and the timing, which was absolutely critical with both teams meeting in a Champions League final. Um, yeah, and Goetz uh, being inverted commas injured, etc. I think all of that. I, I buy your argument. I buy that. All of that. All of that. They're in the mix. I totally agree. Goetz's move from Dortmund to Bayern. Pulisic doesn't carry that baggage. He's not a German national player. He's an American international, as we've discussed. I think he's very settled in Germany. His football education, uh, to a lot much larger extent, has been in German football. I think he sees a move to the Premier League as a possibility at this moment in time, mm. but but maybe it's his ne- it's his move after the next one would be his move to England. We know that Liverpool are very very keen on him. 
I think there's also interest from, from Tottenham Hotspur as well. And I think that interest from Tottenham Hotspur actually comes, and this is a different tale altogether, in that they believe that Christian Eriksen is very much a target for other clubs. And they have to look to potentially uh, targets for replacing Christian Eriksen, who is an absolute, for me, the key player in Tottenham's success. Uh, above Ali and Kane, and I know that sounds like a bold statement, but I think Eriksson is very much the master. Uh, and Pulisic is in that mould. You're right. To, you're right. He to, that he's not at that level yet because of age and experience, but he's from the same uh, genre the same of player, he is. and, he and is. it's a good comparison. I, I think Spurs are a kind of club who looks to that more youthful player, the player who's not the complete package, but develops the same way as Eriksson's developed at Spurs, and I think that the they are looking at the possibility of losing Ericsson, partly because, of course, we all know Daniel Levy's very, very um, terse wage structure will mean that Ericsson can get paid up to three, four times as much playing elsewhere, possibly in La Liga, at Barcelona or Real Madrid, both clubs who I think he would grace very well. And so Pulisic, I think more than Liverpool, is a target for Tottenham. But I do think at this moment in time, Barmy would be the ones in pole position to sign him uh, next summer because I think that the, the player from what I've heard, is, is would be open to playing for the German champions for at least two or three years and then making a move outside of Germany. These things, you know, obviously are, are there to be um, wrong or right, but I do think that Pulisic is someone we'll be hearing a lot more of, certainly on a big, much bigger stage. Mm. And Graham, staying in Germany, you've got another uh, young player that you, you flagged yeah. up you'd, uh, you'd like to bring to our attention. Just a quick line on Leon Bailey Butler. Leon Bailey Butler is a Jamaican um, attacking left foot. Played as a winger, but he can definitely be a second striker. Very, very talented footballer who a number of different clubs in England have um, inquired about, have gone after. He's owned by Bayer uh, Leverkusen this season. He scored four in ten um, for a 20-year-old Jamaican. That ain't bad going. Uh, loaned out to play in the Jupiler League in, in Belgium last season very successfully. Barcelona are in the midst of trying to buy him uh, now. Uh, they brought in uh, Pini Zahavi, who was um, an agent in helping to move Neymar away from the club to Paris Saint-Germain. Whether this is reparation or not, I don't know. Bailey is a talent. Barcelona want him. They're far ahead of everybody else on that. It's now going to be about cost because uh, the player is right um, for the setup here. Um, at the right age, able to be developed. There's an extraordinary backstory that we won't do today. But people should keep an eye out for Leon Bailey Butler um, playing right now for Bayer Leverkusen. Ian, anything to add? Well, I agree with the game on Leon Bailey Butler. Um, I also heard some rumours that uh, if he did move to Barcelona, he might be loaned out. Now, Graham may uh, know more in terms of that, that they will want to develop him at Barcelona than me, but Speaking to one of the agents involved in the last couple of weeks, uh, there was it was put to me there was a possibility that if a Premier League club would like to take the player and play him and give guaranteed game time, then there might be an opportunity for the player to develop himself in first team football, which maybe he's not quite at the level of at Barcelona just yet. Maybe it is or isn't the case. Um, one last last thing I'd like to mention though, Henry, um, it, we go back to Barcelona um, and, and ties everything up quite nicely would be, how do you solve a problem like Coutinho? Um, we've got uh, Liverpool's best player, yet again misses uh, three games for Liverpool, comes back for this uh, Celisau, 
uh, against England at Wembley on, on Monday night, which must have been an embarrassment to Liverpool as far as I'm concerned. We saw the same thing happen earlier this year where he played no part in the start of Liverpool's campaign because of his supposed back injury, then plays uh, full 90 minutes over two games for Brazil and World Cup qualifiers. seems to me that this is a guy who uh, is still desperate to move and, and even in January to not get injured, um, to be available for the World Cup finals for Brazil next uh, summer, Russia, and definitely uh, is not prioritising Liverpool which is his current employer. And so I'd say over the next two or three weeks when we talk on the Transfer Window podcast, I think we'll be talking a lot more about Felipe Coutinho and Barcelona. Okay, gentlemen, uh, wonderful as always. We'll be back uh, next week with uh, the wonderful, magnificent Duncan Castle since I was so bitchy about him Too earlier. late, too late. Too late. Sorry, Duncan. Uh, my thanks to Graham for joining us um, on his uh, occasional visits to the Transfer Window podcast. Um, Graham, you've got your own uh, podcast available uh, behind a paywall. Would you like to give the our listeners some more details about that? Uh, Henry, you're so kind. It's called The Big Interview. And, and what it is, is it's big and it's an interview. And this month, it's uh, with the fantastic goal grabber, um, Kevin Phillips, who can walk into a restaurant with his wife, not look around, but still when they sit down, tell his wife, everybody that they know who's in the restaurant, because he has that spooky peripheral vision that all great finishers do. It's a good interview. He's an interesting, articulate man. And that's his only big interview this week. Okay, well, folks, Christmas is coming up. And if you're wondering what to get your other half or your uh, one of your friends who's a big football fan. Or, or even your second half. Even your setting up. <laughs> why don't you get them a subscription to Graham's podcast, Brilliant value, one of the best podcasts out there. And uh, uh, that's really nice. But let's do let's do our listeners a big favor and say, don't buy your your significant other half Neymar. <laughs> Even for his five aside team. This has been appalling, as always. Um, this has been the Transfer Window uh, podcast on uh, Audio Boom, on iTunes, on all sorts of things that I don't understand. But you can find it if you want it. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Toodaloo, the new. Adios, boom. Adios, boom.